Hello and welcome to the Life Laundry Podcast. I am Gemma. I'm Chippy. One of us is angry today. Can you guess who it is, ladies and gentlemen? (laughs) Clue, it's not Chippy. (laughs) Any reason why, except for Derek? You can tell when you're, I can tell, like, if you've got straight hair quite often, it means you're either, like, turbocharged. Yeah, mean business. Yeah, or you're narky. I mean... I mean, I have a problem with wires, ladies and gentlemen. I don't like excessive wires. And I have been a really good life partner, stroke wife, to my husband. And I've been letting him use my office stroke study whilst his office is being built. Right? I use the word office. It's more like a chalet bungalow. Right? <laughs> he can massive. With all his wires. Yeah. So I haven't, this is, I, I ask for, the only time I ask to be able to use my office at the moment is between 1.30 and 2.30 on a Thursday when Chippy and I record Life Laundry. So I've just come up here at 1.25 and it looks like Mike has been trying to make a model of an octopus with wires. They're everywhere. It's so annoying. And it's just flipped me, flipped me over the, to the wrong side of angry. <sighs> Yeah, he'll be gone soon. I mean, in just to this office, we're not offering him and burying him under the patio. <laughs> yeah, so I, I, I don't know. It just, I, I think I found it quite overwhelming walking in here with all the wires, and it put me in a bad mood. It's really difficult if it's your space. Yeah, you like, you know, did you ever have that thing when you were a teenager, and like your mum would come in your room and tidy it? No, my mum would stand on the edge of my room and scream at me until I tidied it myself. So my mum my mom used to come into my room and do a lovely thing whilst I was at school. She would tidy it up. But because I was irrational, I would come in and I would get so... I, it almost... The anger would rise from my boots and I'd be putting everything back to where it was because I liked it there. And I remember once I went on a, a brownie trip. Um, no. Anyway, I went on a trip with school. It was overnight. And um, I um, came back. She'd, again, done a lovely thing. Redecorated the whole of my bedroom. That's nice. It it came out of the Laura Ashley catalogue. It was blue and white, teeny tiny flowers all over the wallpaper and exactly the same matching duvet cover and pillowcase. And I walked in and again, I just went, Mum, you've made me a cell. (laughs) Because that's how we felt. Yeah. And that's how I felt walking in here and looking at all the wires. I'm 40. What's wrong with me? Well, we should mention you're only 40 for a little while longer. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I thought that when I said it. I was like, now things along to make you more grumpy. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, my mum didn't do that. That would be annoying. They redecorated, but they asked me what I wanted and then did it. She's very nice of them. We um, have some topics to discuss. Oh, do we? I, 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 didn't, I didn't check. So this is brand new for me. Brand new. Someone wants to hear what I would put on my playlist for 30 minutes of Team Tom. You really don't want to know that, mate. There's a reason why she hasn't been invited to be a guest playlist person. Come on. I t- it would be great. <laughs> okay. So, are you ready? Yeah. 
Please can you cover how to move house, literally packing method and how to deal with taking the stress out for the kids? She's got twins who are four and they're worried about moving because they haven't seen inside the house. They've only seen pictures and though it's still close to school, they're moving from a flat to a house and they're just in clo- they've always been in close proximity to each other because lockdown happened just before their second birthday and they're worried about being alone and I think I think it's one of those things that's exacerbated by COVID isn't it because of the yeah fact that everyone's been in the house together so they're they're, they're worried about right. having more space do you mean I mean yeah, if you're in a flat then you have that even even if it's huge you still have that feeling of I've definitely noticed it I'm in a house still but I've noticed it from going from a a tall thin house to a very wide two-story house actually there's loads of benefits because um I can be in a separate room from the children but they still feel close whereas before if they were two floors up playing in their bedrooms and I was in the kitchen like you couldn't see if someone hit someone else or you know you couldn't really see whereas now they feel much closer so I can imagine how if if you've been in a flat together and their dad's shielding so they've really been in that it can seem really daunting from I'm going to go first because you're you're going to have more helpful stuff to say as the organized mum but she's pulling a really, really reassuring face about that. But, um, I really feel like my organised mum, Jean, has woken up today. But my kids, I didn't tell them. So I've got three very different kids. I've got an overthinker. I think a bit like your Tom, probably. Like an overthinker. Um, quite dramatic, quite uh, eccentric, I call him. And then I've got... My middle one, who literally, until something happens, can't compute it. So, like, he touched when I was pregnant with Jack. He used to talk to the bump. He used to rub the bump. He used to feel the bump talk moving. And then when I came home from the hospital with the baby, he didn't speak to me for two weeks. Wouldn't look at the baby. He was really fucking angry. It's such. And it was like you've had nine months. So my my eldest one, it was very difficult. I knew that Jim once the mid the, the middle one would just deal with things as he arrived. So he was fine about moving, didn't really think about it. And I knew that we'd have to deal with stuff as he arrived. And he's actually been fine about it. He's quite an in the present person, so he's fine. But my eldest one, it was really difficult. And therefore I don't have a lot to say because he cried all the way here. He cried all the way here until he went to bed and kept saying things like, I just hope this is a horrible dream, you know, and it made me, me feel awful as a parent, mm-hmm. made me doubt my decision, um, you know, and now he loves it. When I say to him, would you rather be here or London? He says, London, because my friends are there. But I'm like, if we took your friends out of the equation, then he goes really quiet. And I'm like, oh, that's because you... I think you'd rather be here and he and that he feels like it's too soon because he made such a fuss about it but the thing is before we moved I I gave him a choice of his room 
I then angled him towards the choice of the room that would be better. Um, but I gave him the choice of room and I, and I said to him, look, this is going to be hard. I didn't try and sugarcoat it. And I did say to him, like, you'll be able to walk up the road to Granny's house and you'll probably be able to go riding and, you know, we'll have more money for us. We, that was a big part of the move so that we'll actually be able to do stuff with your friends but it's, it's difficult moving schools and it's disruptive. And so I didn't try and sugarcoat it. And definitely the week we moved, he would, you know, that horrible feeling where you feel fine about something until the middle of the night and then it all feels awful. He'd like be crying at 10.30 at night about it. And, and I kept saying to him, look, <clears throat> tomorrow's a new day. You're going to feel better in the morning. Everything feels worse at this time of night. And we're just going to take it day by day and we're just going to see how it goes. And that's all I could do. He was upset. Now he's fine. And you do have that feeling as a parent where you doubt yourself or you doubt your decisions or you worry that you're doing the wrong thing. But ultimately, when Ned kept saying to me, but why are we moving? I don't want to move. And I eventually would well, I'm, I'm the adult and it's my decision. And if it really isn't right for us as a family, we will make the decision not to stay. Mm-hmm. But, but the reason that there's loads of stuff that you can't do when you're nine is because you're just nine. not mentally developed. Yeah, it's because you're not mentally developed to make these decisions. You're not allowed to drive a car until the government has deemed you mentally capable of, of making the decisions needed to drive a car. There's that you know these aren't just random numbers that people come up with, and so I know that you feel very responsible and you feel very grown up, and you are in many ways. It's not your decision to make. With four year olds, it's it's difficult because they're not. I mean, they're so little at four still, and it's been such a disruptive time. So I think the thing is, is that there's nothing. I don't think there's anything anyone can say or do that's going to make it them suddenly okay with it. I think you just need to keep making sure that they feel listened to and um, for, for a lot of children. It, it's the same for me, actually. The anticipation of it is a lot worse than the actual thing. Yeah, I was about to say that. I think, um, did you have anything else to add? No, I've got moving tips, but I want to hear what you're doing. You emotional tips now. Yeah. Okay, so... So how old was Ben when you moved there? Or five. Five. So um, he hasn't slept properly since we moved here <laughs> because he's gone from he's he, uh, probably a similar situation to be he's gone to a much bigger space. Um, there's more space between his bedroom and his brother's bedroom whereas before he was like sandwiched in the middle in a very small cocoon of a bedroom and I think he very, he felt very safe in there that's where you lived when he was born yeah he'd yeah. always been in there from when he was a baby so it's, that's all he that's all he's ever known um and I didn't even really think about it because he's also very much of the he's very pragmatic he's very practical he deals with things as they arise so I didn't, whereas Tom and Johnny were like, oh, we're moving away from our friends. We can't walk around to our friends. Ben was just like, I'll have a big garden. Yeah. That was it. But he, he's, he has felt very, very 
dis- disrupted, I think, moving here. And that has manifested itself through really bad sleeping habits. Now, as I've grown old, older, I've mellowed quite a lot. Like a few years ago, I would have been right, no, 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 get back in your bed, this, that, and the other. And he, the place he chooses to go, the place where he feels safe is Johnny's room. Johnny's got a double bed and Ben just starts off in his bed. And then we always find him in Johnny's bed the next day. And like I said, Johnny, you know, is this, is this, is this all right? You know, and Johnny's, the both of them are really close. And Johnny's like, yeah, it's fine. And I don't really see any point fighting it because that at the moment is where he feels comfortable and happy. Also, what I think is interesting about yours, perhaps, is because of the age differences of your kids, although Tom and Johnny are obviously closer in age, Tom's definitely the grown-up end of a teenager, Mm. and Johnny's the early years of a teenager. They're very different personalities. But also, I guess, for Ben... You've gone from having this, as you called it, like the cocoon area, and Tom was downstairs, right? So it was you lot all upstairs, close together. You get used to those sounds of mummy and daddy going to bed or just me running the shower. Those are familiar sounds. But also, as you've moved, Tom's doing different extra extracurricular stuff. He's doing more grown-up older teenage stuff and that is a change do you know what I mean and it's gone from you're all children living close together to being and I think as well when we moved here it wasn't like it wasn't in any way homely so what I've decided to do is I actually coincidentally I didn't know we were going to talk about this day I'm going to speak to to Ben today and over the weekend and I'm going to ask him which is like way out of my comfort zone anyone who knows my Instagram or knows I'm gonna say to him what can we do to your bedroom that will make it feel safer and I'm thinking he's gonna say he's gonna think of something that's just gonna look horrific but but I'm gonna do it to, to try to try and help him but what I wanted to try and what I wanted to say was um what what you said about when you had that moment of doubt when you thought, have I done the right thing doing? My gut says we've made a terrible mistake. Yeah. And I remember a similar situation, Tom and Johnny, um, this is way before Ben was born, were in a primary school and for lots of different reasons, it was not the right school for them. Um, And I made the decision on my own because Mm. Mike was like, I'm going to leave it to you. I was like, yeah, no, please, please get, get involved. And he was like, no, no, I'm going to leave it to you. Yeah, you're okay. Yeah, yeah. So, so, so I had to make a decision on my own to pull them out of that school and move them to a completely different school. I got them a school place. I told them that I'd found them a school. And all three of us, me, Tom and Johnny, sat in Sainsbury's car park. I remember it like it was yesterday and sobbed about an hour. And they were like, what if we hate it? What if we hate it? And I was like, I can't promise you you're going to like it. And when I dropped them off the first morning at that school, it was so stricter, much more structured, which is one of the reasons why we moved them there. And I came home and cried all day. And you just never know. And that, and I think you never know how it's going to go. But I think if the reason, if you've put 
proper thought into why you're doing it and like you we're going to do it because I'm going to be closer to, to my mum we're going to have more money also the one thing that kept dragging me back and, and everyone's financial situation it, it's different and I know that we're in a very positive financial place compared to a lot of people but the problem with living in London is you've got to afford to live in London mm-hmm. and we were living in a, in a lovely area but it meant that Every summer, all their friends would go and do summer camps and summer clubs that were 40 quid a day mm. for two weeks. I, I couldn't afford one day. And so not only was I the only parent that had my kids all the time and three of them, but they were missing out on, oh, so-and-so did this at clubs or they did this and, and we just couldn't afford it. And so whenever I was having a wobble, about it my friend was like you'll be able to get your three boys swimming which is something that really bothers me that they can't do and I'm like okay yeah I'm going to be able to go and take them swimming I'm going to be able to take them places we're going to be able to go to London and afford to go and have pizza with their friends and for me that made a huge difference mentally because I was like that is worth it but I think I think you can overthink things as, as well. I think you can overthink things. I think the thing with, with children is making sure that they feel heard and listened to without, and this is, people are going to disagree with this, but this is what I think, without giving them, and I'd say this because I'm guilty of it with my eldest, um, giving them the feeling that they have a say in some decisions so I think, like you, I've said to Ned, whatever you need with your room, let's do it. Let's make it nice. And it, with me, I'm like, I want it. I want you to want everything like clean and tidy and minimalist. That's what I want. Ned, go for minimalist. Um, uh, uh, you know, <laughs> and it's giving them that control and and that ability to have ownership of something. But then, if the the problem is, is that. And I do wonder if this is a slight issue with modern parenting is that we all complain about adulting. We all say that it's a lot and it is a lot. And and a a lot of mums um, and women's complaints are to do with the mental load. Mm -hmm. The mental load as a mother and as an adult and as a woman is huge. And part of me is a bit like, yes, I think there's bringing out people who are going to be responsible adults and who are going to make good decisions and who are going to understand about how the world works. But there's also what I see with my eldest is he's carrying mental load that he does not need. Oh, my God. Why am I getting emotional? Oh. I don't know what's wrong with me. Because you're a dealer. You're um, very keen with the babes. It's like um, almost like too much burden for a young yeah right and I see that and I have to and what that comes from is that comes from the fact that Joe and I fight in front of our children not badly but I've never been one to not fight in front of the kids because I'm like they have to see that you can fight not make up it's also really important that children see a full range of emotions as well and that it's okay in my opinion for them to see that it's you know I'm crying I feel sad yeah and then 10 minutes later I'm gonna go and come back and I'll be okay again yeah, and Daddy and I are going to fight. Do we love each other any less? No. But I do see him carrying some burdens, and I'm like, A, I think it's partly that 
if I look at my four-year-old now, I'm like, he's this tiny chubby baby who I bite sometimes when he's not looking and, you know, looks adorable in his school uniform. And, you know, and then I think, wow, at that age, Ned had two brothers Mm -hmm. and was my big boy and was my eldest and had to walk, not go on the buggy board because Jim had to go on the buggy board because Jack was in the pram. And I see some people with a three-year-old still in their pram and I'm like, he had to do a lot of growing up as you do if you've got kids in quick succession but I don't think I ever accounted for that in that way and so yeah I feel like he carries a lot more than he needs yeah but you can only deal with situations with the information and what you've got to work with at the time and one thing I have always said to him and actually does work is I've always said to him when I was young all I wanted anyone Making love was just for fun. Those days are gone. <laughs> I've got my dad next door. I've always said to him, when I was little, I wasted my youth by longing to be older. Mm. I was desperate to be older. I, my, and I think that's partly to do with being a girl. My sister's three years older than me, which is quite a difficult age gap for girls, I think. And I just always wanted to be older, always, always, always. And I said to Ned, the thing is, you will hopefully touch wood, get older. You will never be this age again. And I try and think that's about my weight. I'm always like, <laughs> if I look back when I was 28 and I thought I was fat, and, I was, and I'm never going to be younger than I am now, so I'm not going to go around feeling like I'm old because I'm as young as I'm going to get. And so I do always say to him, just before his birthday, especially, I'm like, have you done everything that a nine-year-old needs to do? Because you're not going to get to be nine again. And he's always like, okay, yeah. And I'm like, so you'll be able to do all the grown-up stuff. You'll be able to do all the worrying. You'll be able to do the worrying about money. You'll be able to do all of this. You'll be able to be too grown up to do stupid stuff with your mum. But while you're nine, do nine-year-old stuff. And so I do say to him when he gets really worried, I'm like, you just don't need to worry. Talking about worrying, have I ever spoke to you about my the what if gremlins? No. So this is, is um, when I used to doula. I'll be quick because we'll move on to the practical stuff in a minute. When I what? Still doula. Well, like when I used to like doula full time, like full time. Like I'd see like a hundred pregnant women a week. That's a lot of hormones. But and like and people would come in and they'd be like, I'm really anxious about birth or I'm really worried about this. And like a lot of times it doesn't have to it can apply to anything. And it, it happens, I do it all the time, like things that I'm anxious about. What if? What if this happens? And you can find yourself, and if it's something that you worry about, if it's it's the same thing that you worry about. So when I used to have really bad panic attacks, I don't think I've ever spoken about this on here. I used to worry that I was gonna pass out. Mm. in public because I went to the hospital once having a panic attack when I was very young and the doctor said don't worry about it because if you know if anything bad happens your body will make you pass out and it's like a reset and that stuck with me and I say okay if it gets bad that means I'll pass out so I was like what if I'm going to pass out what if I'm going to pass out and eventually I short-circuited the shortcut in my mind so whenever I was in a certain situation I felt like I was going to pass out and it's almost like it becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy. So I always talk about like the what if gremlins. It's like, am I anxiety sickness? What if? Am I sick because I'm anxious or am I anxious because I'm sick? Yeah. What if What if someone catches a sick bug? Yeah. Yeah. 
yeah what if this is a sick bug yeah. and it's and it's about recognizing that that little gremlin is trying to worm its way into your head and just stopping it and saying but what if we move into this new house and everyone loves it yeah and also there's I think especially if you're prone to overthinking or anxiety it's so easy to be like well I just want to have all my bases covered and I can imagine this a lot with doodling it's like what if something happens to the baby and I can imagine wanting to have all your all, all ever be ready for anything but there's being ready for anything and there's the what if gremlins and it's like you have to know when to stop you can have the what if I need a c-section conversation or the what if the baby's breach section but you can't be going down the what if it's born my my fixation with Ned I'm sure I've mentioned this before was what if he's born with a tail uh there was no evidence for this and it's very rare but for some reason I was obsessed with him being born with a tail and I was just like what if he's born now I can tell you no one needs to do that what if that is a what if gremlin that's like it's not helpful there's nothing practical they can do you know what mine was what if they're born with a full set of teeth? <laughs> that will freak me out. It will be really freaky if they're born with a full set of teeth. One with a hell of a lot of hair, which in itself is quite unusual. Um, yeah, so I think the thing is with the children, as long as you make them feel heard, but not like they have a say in it. Heard, like, safe. Heard and safe and like they've, yeah, exactly. I've heard what you're going to say. Let's see how we go when we get there. I know it's going to feel very different. And maybe a really, oh, a nice idea would be like to maybe make them like, give them a, a little box, a little shoe box. And that's a little moving box. And they can put all like lots of little special things in there. So when they get to the new place, that's like their little comfort yeah. blanket kind of thing, maybe for um, the young ones. I, my kids moved they all got something kind of different for moving that suited their personalities and so my middle one the first morning that we were here a cow onesie arrived and he's never really been one for onesies he's obsessed with cows and for some reason he's like oh I wish I had a cow and so I was like right well can get one delivered and he <laughs> wish he'd wanted a cow. I mean, that would be, he does want a cow. I'd just happily get one of those delivered, but Joe's reluctant. Um, and he wore it for about a week. And I think he's worn it twice since then. But for a week, it was like, okay, this is what he needs. He just needs his cozy hood up. Yeah. Thing. And that made him feel really secure. So I think until they're there, it's very difficult for them to understand. So practical, what are your practical tips? Oh, there's many. Like on what level? Oh, oh, okay, so I've got a few things right. that I can think of that I wish I'd done. Okay, yeah. I still, so, can't, I still can't find my teapot. I think you might be asking the wrong woman. I don't know where it yeah, is. I still can't find my really facial cleansing tool. A few things that I wish I'd done. Some people recommended this to me. And I was like, I'll be there, so I don't need to do this. But then actually I had a family funeral, so I wasn't there. And I wish I'd done it. On Amazon, you can buy it elsewhere. You can get different colour rolls of packing tape. Mm -hmm. What I wish I'd done is print off a floor plan of the new house, put a little swatch of 
packing tape for color coded for each room. So like living room, red our bedroom, blue the boys' bedroom, blue you know blue one, blue two, whatever. And then you put a strip of the packing tape on each box so that the removals guy can just be like blue room, yellow room, green room, because I wrote on each one living room, kitchen. But then our playroom got some living room boxes. The boys' rooms were confused. And I felt like if you'd, and some people even go, when they go first into the house, they put a yellow piece of tape on the door. So that they're like, this is the yellow room. Because that, I, it sounds like a pointless faff, but actually if for some reason you can't be there, it just means you're not going, oh shit, where's that box? And you kind of even, so what we did is because we moved in just before Christmas, we then unpacked a load of stuff that we needed and then everything, all other boxes went in the conservatory. But it means that now when I'm looking at these stacks of boxes, I have to find where it's written. Whereas if I'd done a stripe of tape all the way around, I could just be like, it's probably in there because that's from this room. So that's one thing. Another thing is I lost my razor, my expensive facial cleansing tool and my Tropic Foot Pebble, which is the best foot pebble in the world. Oh, we're going to do. Well, to say anything. we're going to do. We're going to do. I'm, I'm, <laughs> And that's because they were all next to the bath because I used them all the time. And then I didn't pick them up when I went to stay with my friends. And what I wish I'd done is I'd wish I'd left an empty wash bag or an empty bag. Mm. that I could have said to the movers and my husband, any odds and sods that you find lying around into this box. This is what this box is for. I want nothing left behind. But also, my, I, I got packers in, and this is the first time I've had packers in. And I didn't realise that literally if you put your brew down, they're going to pack that. If, like, everything got packed. So, for example, I'd put all the boys' old uniform into a see-through recycling bag to take to school to the second-hand uniform thing. And I literally went downstairs for a pee, came back upstairs, they packed it. They couldn't remember where they packed it. They packed that quick. As it turns out, that was fine because then we swapped schools and they needed that uniform. So, you know, the universe was working. But I thought, actually, next time I move, I'm going to get a packet of those. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Next time you move. When I'm old, when I'm an old lady and I have to move house, I'm going to get some either the C3 recycling bags or bin bag, garden bin bags or different coloured bags. So I can say to the packers, anything in a green bag or anything in a recycling bag is not to be packed because then you can have like, like, for example, I had to go to the funeral. So I hadn't worked out my shoes yet and they packed all my shoes. So I had to wear my leopard print heels because they were the things that I'd put in a different bag. I knew where they were. Whereas if I just put all my black shoes into a see-through plastic bag and be like anything in one of these bags, it's not to be packed yet. Do you know what I mean? I think it just is helpful for them. So those are my main, my main things. But yes, also boys, I got three plastic boxes with lids on from Ikea. And I put the boys' names on each one. And then I packed all their pants, all their socks, all their t-shirts, as many t-shirts and trousers and jumpers as I could in each box. So that, so that when I'm, Whatever happened with the move, 
they could see their clothes, they could get their clothes. I could see, you know, whoever it was could get hold very of it. Different. We're de- very different movers. Okay, what do you do? What are your... So I was just wrote down then. So I just take the drawers out and leave everything in the drawers. Yeah. Some of our drawers... No, 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 that's, that's what I did for two of them. But for Jack's clothes and some of Ned's clothes, they're built-in drawers. Okay. I, I also swear by hanging boxes. Yes, yeah, so they had, the packers had those and they were a revelation because I've always packed myself before. Yeah. And that was... Because you, you know, it's just... Goes in, goes out. Yeah. But my um, top tips on the day, top mm. tips, would be when you get to the house, make your beds up first. Yeah. The very first That's thing you what do. I was also going to say. Get, yeah, get in, get the beds up. Get in. The first priority is make a cup of tea. Then make the beds up because it's very tempting just to keep going and keep going and unpack in one more box. And then before you know it, you're all knackered and then you go to bed and there's no bed. There's no bedding on the beds, right? Yep. So make the beds up. That's a thing because Joe was coming first. I made one suitcase that was just sheets. So there was a clean set of sheets for our bed and each boy's bed because he's so chaotic and he was going to be here by himself and he'd literally be like, I slept on the piano for the first night or whatever. He doesn't. I was like, no, when I arrive with the children, we're going to be knackered. We're going to be, I need each bed made and in the right place. And so this suitcase has got clean towel for everyone, clean set of sheets. So if everything else goes to shit, look for this suitcase because beds is, it's, it's so important. Yeah. Um, and other than that, I mean, it will be chaos. No matter, you, you can be organised to the nth degree, but bringing a house or a home's worth full of stuff into another house, yeah, it, it, it's going to be chaos. Especially <laughs> for little kids. And it's about just accepting the fact that it's going to be chaos. Do the priorities, get the beds made, have suitcases for each in, in, individual person so everyone's got clean pants and their toothbrush and yeah. you haven't got someone saying mum I can't find my playstation or all yeah. that important stuff goes in each individual person's suitcase they yes, are I kept one yeah. box open in my office because also I was like I'm gonna have to go like all my stationery gets sent out by me so I knew where all my stationery was but I was like I need things like envelopes and note cards and all of that stuff and so I just had one box that I did say to them I'm going to be the person that seals this box because it's my important work stuff so it's always handy to have one box where you're like this is the important box that has things like if you need the playstation or has a couple of dvds like we didn't get we were just before christmas and I wasn't sure if the internet was going to work so it's just like I need to know where the kids dvds are and I think a really practical thing, especially at the moment with everything that's going on with like energy prices, is take a picture of your meter reading as you leave and yeah. take a picture of your meter reading the second you enter the new property. Also, learning from experience, check your washing machine before you go. <laughs> you don't want to get called by the new tenants going, oh, there's some smalls. We have your smalls here. Smalls that have been sitting in the washing machine for a week. Happy new house. Yeah. 
But I think, yeah, I mean, we basically are ever, every time I've moved, I've tried to make the kids' rooms as set up as possible so that when they arrive, they might want to move it around or whatever, but they've got their familiar things there. I think that helps settle them. Because, it, I mean, also what I find really intriguing about it is you don't know how kids' brains work in that my sister moved about a year ago and she, her youngest son must have been about four and a half and or five. And she said, you know, how are you feeling about the new house? And he was like, oh, I'm okay, I'm a bit worried. And she was like, oh, what are you worried about? And he said, I'm really worried about how we're going to look after the baby. And she was like, what? And they'd gone to look around the house and there'd been a baby. And he just didn't understand that the other people move out and we move in. It's not we're moving in with these people. Um, And so he'd just become fixated. And she was like, I could tell he was thinking about something and I just couldn't work out what it was. And he was just really worried because when we'd gone to look around the house, he'd run into the baby's room and woken the baby up. And he'd clearly been like, well, if I've done it this time, how the hell am I going to live with this baby? And so that's what he was worried about. And that's not the sort of thing as an adult you would come up with. But she was like, it was as soon as, as soon as he said that I could help him because I could be like, no, no, no. Everything, that house will be completely empty when we move in and they're going to live in another house. And so quite often if you speak to the child they'll and burrow down to what the actual worry is it'll be something that you maybe haven't even thought about because they compute stuff in such a different way and also find out where your stop tap is oh yeah oh god you need to know where your stop cock is say stop cock stop tap or stop cock I, I, I didn't say cock but now you've gone there so I say cock yeah, I mean, it, yes, it is chaos. And what I found really annoying was that everyone's going, you've got to declutter before you move, declutter before you move, throw everything out, throw everything out. Not throw everything out. Yeah. I was like, I like this stuff. This is my stuff you're making me throw yeah, out. Don't throw away things you like. Yeah, but also, so, but it made me feel really stressed because I was chairing the PTA, which was really full on, and three kids, COVID, working, moving, buying a house, renting out a house. So I had to get it sorted for tenants. I had builders in painting stuff. All of it, very nice problems to have. But if someone's constantly being like, are you decluttering? It's like, I, I barely have time for pissing, let alone decluttering. So, but what I actually really like doing is, yes, it's ideal when you're packing or when you know that you're going to move to be quite brutal and chuck stuff out or give stuff to the charity shop but actually, I find that quite often it's when stuff has been in a box for three weeks and I haven't seen it and it's out of context. That I can then go, oh, actually, I don't need this because it's not. It, it's in an unemotional space. So I wouldn't get don't get het up with people going. Oh, and you can you know, you can totally overorganize a move. Yeah, you can make yourself like someone made me do a spreadsheet. I don't think any of us looked at it. Yeah, just don't like, don't overcomplicate things. Don't fix. It will be chaos when you get there. Every house feels weird. It never feels like home straight away. 
it, you have to sort of settle into it, relax, and let everything breathe. Yeah. Definitely. Oh, like that song. Na 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 breathe. na 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 I should get, I'm still waiting for my award for being one of the only people, according to my many midwives, who panted when they're told to pant. Because I'm so scared of stitches. So literally they'd come into the room and I'd grab their lapels and be like, I don't want any stitches. I can't have stitches. And they'd be like, well, you probably will have them unless you pant. Was that a pant? They're like, nobody ever pants. By that stage, you... whereas they were like, my eject, my eject reflex was strong. Yeah. I think that's perhaps <laughs> for weeks afterwards, like if I did with Johnny, not with the others, for weeks afterwards, if I did a mooing sound, which is my birth sound, Johnny would just burst into tears as a newborn. I think it used to bring back memories. You ever seen that video on YouTube for that baby in the car seat going through a tunnel? Like that, Google it. And it's like, I think someone says it, he's reminded he's having flashbacks of how he arrived. That was what it was like for Johnny if I ever moved. Moved, he'd go. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> right, what's, what's been your positive of the week? Oh, fuck. It's, why is it a surprise every time? Oh, can I just say, when I think of that, while you think of yours, yeah. every, your public reminder to go and get a smear test. Oh, yeah. Go and get your smear test. I know that there's been up and downs and people not going in and postponements and all of that shiznit. And I'm telling, I'm here to tell you, get your smear test. I had mine yesterday and it, I was in there in the actual GP surgery for less than seven minutes. Like it's super quick. Also, she had a new technique, oh. which was, I braced. I did all the stuff that you're supposed to do, you know, knees up, knees open, did all that. And she wasn't near me. And then she literally wheeled in on a chair and was like, tube's going in. Done. I mean, I was like, did you even, did you even look? And she was like, now I'm going to look to see if I can see the strings of your coil. And I was like, okay. And she was like, I can't. We're going to send you for an ultrasound. It's probably fine. Use condoms. Bye. I was like, okay. <laughs> but it was. You know really- what that is, don't you, Chevy? Because you're in a, they're in the country now. She's probably also a veterinary assistant. She's in and out. <laughs> I would say that very badly, and I'm sorry for burdening the NHS with my naughtiness, but I went to London because I'm, I love my GP and I don't want to leave. Oh, my God. <laughs> I, if, if you have mental health issues, finding a good Yeah, GP, that's true. And if you have a GP that is a good GP. Oh, my God. I love him. Um, so I never want to leave, but it wasn't him performing. Also, I was like, I'm not sure I want to sign up to a new GP and be like, First things first, everyone. Got something that needs checking out. It's going to be the first time I meet you. <laughs> um, so, yes, get a smear test. I know it's not pleasant, but actually it's incredibly quick. And having a problem that you've left because you're worried about the smear test is probably a lot more uncomfortable and embarrassing in the long run than Gemma's pulling a face like, are you ever going to stop? Mute button, mute button. But I just, I'm just... I know that there's been a lot of COVID disruptions and people having things postponed and it's really easy to be like, nah. It's just the thought of it makes it go. <laughs> yeah, this is really weird though because she didn't have the plastic 
Uh, you didn't have it. You're a doula. Surely that's no. I, it's the it's the <laughs> uh, She said, but you know what? She was like tubes going in. I was like a tube. <laughs> and then she said, now I'm getting my brush, and I'm just going to brush a sample. And I was like, a lovely way of call, of saying it. Is it? I didn't even bloody feel it. I don't know. She could have been using a scalpel. Oh, I was like, oh. which is so bloody important. Yeah. A flexible hose <laughs> and it's a little it. brush. It'll change. It's totally manageable. A speculum and a scrapey thing is horrible. They should get you doing them. <laughs> I'd wheel in on my chair and go, <laughs> duck impression to make it all go. Oh, God. Um, so, my positive of the week. <laughs> she was feeling more chipper than when we started. I need to do that. I, I need, I need that. I need to go past someone on a chair and go, wah, 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 wah. I would retrain to be, to be, yes. a, to do that. Just that thing. I'm going to retrain just so I can get a spectrum and go. <laughs> What's your positive of the week, Gemma? Um, Tom is going to join the gym with me. Oh, that is nice. I know. I didn't even have to cajole him. You know what? Oh, we take the piss out of the fact that we have lovely neighbours, Peloton neighbour, and they're lovely, but I'm like, they're never going to be my besties. Instead of coming for Christmas drinks, the he the husband and his sons went to the gym because it's the last time they'd get to the gym before uh, Christmas. And we were laughing about this because I was like, meanwhile, I'm eating all the canapes, getting pissed up at home. Different different people. You are that person. She's off to the gym with her son. Well, because um, he, he needs to get fit. Like he needs to improve his cardio fitness for the job that he wants to go into doing. And um, he was like, I think I need to join the gym with you. And I was like... Okay. And I'm like, I must not damper the enthusiasm. So I'm driving going, so I've inquired about the gym. Just being really nonchalant. He was like, yeah, it's, I mean, you can join, uh, it's 20 quid a month. Well, I think that's worth it. I think that's worth it, Tom. You know, you come with me, I'll teach you how to use the machines. All right. Okay. Don't move. Don't breathe funny. Don't look at him directly in the eye. <laughs> I'm so excited. Don't do anything embarrassing at the gym. So this is, this is my plan, right? Yeah. On the days I take him to the gym, because he can only go on the gym floor at certain times because he's under 16. He can't use certain machines, blah, blah, and I've had to sign a disclaimer that I'll be in the... the yeah. I'll go to the gym in the morning and I'll do a Peloton bit, right? Because that is embarrassing. And then I'll pick him up from school. Yeah. Um, and then I'll drop the other two kids off at mum and dad's, just twice a week, start yeah. and go to the gym with Tom. And I'll go to the gym again. Oh, God. We're so different. Although I am going to phone up our local sports centre to see about taking the kids for swimming lessons. Uh, I might go to the gym. But I'd rather ride a pony, so I'm going to look for that instead. That is exercise. That's exercise. And um, what's your positive? My positive of the week, I mean, fucking hell. I mean, it's very boring, but I've I've got a lovely walk that I do with the dogs, and um, I've been upping my gratitude 
practice I believe I should call it and uh it has it's amazing what a difference it makes but so it's made me really aware of how beautiful my walk is even though before I was getting really pissed off because the same length of time that I could do five to seven miles in London it takes me to do like four miles here because of the hills and the mud yeah but hills and mud Yes, but so I was saying to my mum, it's really annoying because something that I would normally have done 20,000 steps, I've done 12,000 steps, and so that's really annoying. But it thinks I've done seven flights of stairs. Whereas in London, it would just be like, no stairs, even when I'd done a billion stairs in my house. Like, no stairs today. Like, I've I've gone upstairs like 80 times. So the positive is that I feel like I'm taking advantage of the country move. And I found a very nice walk. Well, and you've certainly taken advantage of the country vet. <laughs> oh no, that's not. <laughs> not yet. Not yet. That's have you seen Baby Boom? Mm-hmm. Oh Chip. I don't watch telly, Chippy. No, it's a it's a film. It's an 80s film with oh. Diane Who? Diane Keaton. Oh, I like her. I love her clothes. You have to watch Baby Boom. But she has an incident and she wakes up and she's talking to the doctor about why she's fainted. And she's like, oh, my God, and maybe you know, maybe I'm just, I'm so stressed and, blah, and I haven't had sex, but maybe I don't need sex. But blah. And then he, she just hears a moo. And the, the a woman says, your next patient's here. And she's like, what what the fuck was that? And he's like, well, well, I'm actually just the vet. <laughs> and she's like, I've been telling you about my sex life. <laughs> I thought you were a doctor. Have you seen Have you seen that new trend on TikTok or Reels? You watch TikTok, I watch Reels. Um, where they go, they call me Daisy, they call me yeah. Pete, and and they all the famous people do it. Yeah, are you gonna um, do it? No, we're not famous. No, no, no. Yeah, that be it. I'd be like, that's it. They call me Mariah. <laughs> but I was watching one with Meryl Streep, and I just like really like it. I'm like, oh yeah, they come thing. But I was like, if I was an actress, I would be like, have I done enough roles to complete all the names? I have seen a minor person who I didn't know who they were doing it, and I was like, mm-hmm. oh, a bit creepy. I haven't seen them. Don't call you that either. I don't know what that is. No. Um, so if anyone would like us to talk about anything else. Yeah, we've got lots of... Have we got, got lots of content? We've got more topics to cover. Oh, give, give us a sneak peek. Give, give, tease, tease the ladies and gentlemen. Oh, someone, I've already sorted out one. Caregiver burnout is a great one. Yeah. Brain fog. Oh, yeah. Uh, Favourite books. Apologies if I've missed that. Um, also, people who don't indicate, which I've already... They, they are going in the bin we should also probably do a whole episode on the new highway code changes bicyclists will still get in the bin but boundaries ladies and gentlemen oh, and that note, we shall speak to you all next week bye bye <laughs>